This is the first episode of the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something. I'm Jermaine Morris, always bringing the real life without the sweeteners. Here with you, with the one and only. <laughs> the one and only. Unapologetic, outspoken. Barry Axius of the up? Voice of the Youth and BlackBlueprints.com. What's up, bro? Another man, letting the folks know what this is about first. We got together to get this program going. It's called Say Something, because there's some things going on out here in the world that we think... We should be saying something about, and you should be saying something and about. Some of y'all ain't saying shit. And some <laughs> of y'all saying too much shit. And some of y'all don't even make sense with the shit that you're saying. Making a whole lot of noise, but ain't actually saying something. Man, ain't doing nothing. So what we talking about are things that, that we think as, as a community, as people, we need to address. Yes, sir. So some of the things that we talk about just in life if you don't know myself or don't know Barry personally we definitely both involved in how our community plays itself out whether it be families with the youth children uh, economics education whatever so we we see what's going on out there no doubt so some of the things that we're going to speak on are not just stuff within the community but stuff nationally some stuff locally we're here out here in Sacramento California and shit some shit personally <laughs> you know what i'm saying some real we going to get personal with y'all, man. We not perfect, but man, some of y'all are some bad, bad, bad influences and some bad-ass customers. So we're going to get into that personal shit too, man. Okay, so we talk about saying something. So we talking about bad, bad people. People doing bad business. People out there, you know, doing bad. So if we're going to say, if we're going to break out the hit list. If we're going to go to greatest with the, hits. With the, with the top five, with top ten all time, or we just talking about the top five, top ten in a month. We gonna talk about. We ain't even gonna talk about top offenders. Okay. We gonna talk about top offenses. Wow. So what do you think is something we need to say something about as a community, as a people? What we talking about tonight? What do we? What's one of the, some of the top offenses we need to we need to bring? What we who we gotta bring before the congregation? Who we gotta bring before the goddamn congregation? Darren Sharper. Darren Sharper. <laughs> that guy, Darren Sharper. Okay, if you don't know about Darren Sharper. Uh, Former NFL player, he played with the Saints. He won a Super Bowl with the Saints. Uh, played with the Vikings. They used him in a Packer for a minute. Uh, and if you don't know about his offenses, so he was he he just got the sentence that that people was waiting on Bill Cosby to get. Yeah. So he just got eighteen years. Eighteen years. He should have got more. For he for got more. For drugging and raping sixteen women. Yeah. Uh, at least allegedly. So allegedly, not that he did it, but the number. So they're they're saying that it's it's upwards of this. There's some numbers up there. They talk about some folks allegedly took some money and just said leave me alone. Wow. But so if you don't know, and there's something to do to say something about the reason why Darren Sharper got the years is not solely for the rape, but the drug component yeah. over multiple states. Yeah, because so he had, was like in Arizona, he was in Vegas. He was in California. He was, yeah, he was all he over. He was wilding, man. He was coast to coast. <laughs> he was, was wilding, and the thing about it is, the dude had a career outside of his retirement from the NFL. So yeah. it wasn't like he was just a washed up bozo. Yeah, he had a desk job. Yeah, he had a desk job. You know, he, he was an analyst, and he was actually pretty decent. Yeah. And he's not a bad looking brother. That's the first thing I've heard women say. When they look at him, they're like, why was he raping girls? And first off, let me preface this. I don't condone it in any way, shape, or form. Just got to put that out there. But there's some women like, they was like, he could just get it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I did. It just it's amazes me. When that story first broke out a couple of years ago, I was like, what? I was kind of like, 
nah. <laughs> it's like, you know, you hear the first, you know, the first case, the first allegation. You know, it's allegation. Then you hear a second one. You're like, yo, this dude is really sick. But it also goes into the terms of you don't really know these individuals. We just know what we see on Sunday. Exactly. That's it. That's all. So this should be a lesson to not be getting caught up with that person under the helmet or that person that's shooting the basketball, that person that's rapping on the microphone. And that's what a lot of our people get caught up with. They get caught up with that person, not just that athlete or that entertainer doing their job. So, um, yeah, just because you're good at your job doesn't mean you're a good nah, person. You're not a good person at all. And this dude's a piece of shit. I mean, I, I, I cannot because I have a 20 year old daughter. And when I hear these things, and I have other young kids that I mentor that are like my kids as well. And I hear this shit, man, and I'm not, not I'm not at all going to sit there and say I've been the kindest and coolest guy when it comes to women. But I know I ain't never did no shit like this. Okay, so let's say something on the fact of how we address that, the quote-unquote rape culture as a people. Because, in the black community or as a people? Well, let's start off in... in, in a lot of crazy shit happens in the black community. Well, let's start there. A lot of that incense shit, man. I you know, let's, you know, they used to do that shit wild back in the South. And I don't want nobody in the South that's listening. He's like, nah, nah, we don't do that. I done heard some stories. Well, let's, yeah, shit, let's man. start at home. So, with us as a people, as a culture, we are known for looking the other way on allegations. I mean, there, there's... I mean, Bishop Eddie Longstroke... R. Kelly. R. Kelly. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Michael Jackson, rest in peace. O.J. Simpson. Uh, well, O.J. was stabbing. <laughs> he, he was O.J. was doing a different kind of stabbing. So, but, oh, man. But OJ. Kobe. Oh. Kobe. I'm a Laker fan. We Kobe. Kobe, probably out of all of those guys you stated, probably had the best comeback out of all of them. Because you got to remember... When he graduated, not graduated, when he uh, was going through his world tour of retirement, right? Yeah. Actually, it was like the graduation from NBA to the retirement home. That dude's fanfare was crazy. And if you paid attention, you wouldn't even think that what happened in those days where it looked real grim for him even yeah. happened. So I think Kobe has kind of resurrected his whole career, his whole persona better than anybody that we talked about. So we talk, because I've always said too, if you ever get into trouble, yeah. do what they loved you for. So every time Kobe had a court date, he didn't miss the game that night. Kobe was in some Stacey Adams at noon and he was lacing up his Adidas at the time at six and he yeah. was going for 40 yeah. every, he was trying to beat that rape case on the court. And so we have a a, a, a bad problem of looking the other way for simply somebody being good at their job. When the chocolate factory dropped, we talked about this before, R. Kelly was the, was the <laughs> devil when all them rape cases was coming out. When he dropped Step in the Name of Love. Everybody was stepping their ass to the name it of was goddamn nothing but love. Happy people. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, like he didn't do anything. And nothing. then all of a sudden, we, we back to call him a pedophile when he shows up with the 19-year-old. But at the same time, we let him loose. And, you know, going into that whole Kobe thing, you know, I think because... Kobe had that one incident. Yeah. Right? And Tache, Tache, it was a lot of sketchy, uh, 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 you know, evidence. It was a lot of sketchy details to that whole case. And like you said, he was able at a high level, because I mean, shit, they went to the championship still. Yeah. I mean, they lost to the Detroit Pistons, but they still went to the championship still. So I think in that level of he was able to 
be under that much scrutiny and pressure and still perform at a high level, people were able to forgive and forget. And there was no other incidents like this that ever happened yeah, towards the, him. But that's talk about something that that that's something that we do say because when you go back now, granted that this nation's got a bad history, so uh, of of skewering and and sliding the truth. But we can make the same arguments about the Tyson. Rape case? Yeah, that Tyson shit was a setup, man. The Tupac rape case? Definitely a no, setup. No, but I'm saying, but like, it's, Definitely as soon as somebody get caught up yeah. on some stuff, the first thing we lead to is setup, conspiracy. Nah, they wouldn't do that. Yeah. They rich. They ain't got to rape nobody. Uh, Kobe he raped soon... that girl. <laughs> I'm just saying, Kobe raped that I'm girl. just saying. You know what? A... I don't even think it was rape. I think Kobe put the anaconda in her, and it was just some shit that she probably wasn't ready for. He tried to get access to that she was. He, he wasn't supposed to get access. He tried to get to. that backstage yeah. pass, and, yeah. and, and, and she was trying to deny but, but, access. But let's get off of Kobe. Let's get back on Darren. Okay, because Darren needs to be fulfilly charged, and this dude got to be put in a you can't be serious box because you cannot be serious that you, as a grown man. As a man that probably has kids, as a man that could get the drawers, get the panties without drugging and hustling and stealing the coochie in the middle of the night. Yeah, because he's still eight figures. So, Easily. So he, he's, he's, so he's still, and he got that football ring, so he's he's in any spot wherever he's a legend. And he's only 40. Dog. He's only like 39, 40. Darren Sharp is a young he man still. He should have got life. So so let's 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 put that out there. Eighteen he, years, dude. He can he's getting get out. Parole. He's getting out. Yeah. So even if he served his maximum sentence, he's still walking. And the way that the prison system set wow. up now, he might get out early. They're get they're hitting him for the drug charges over multiple states. That's what he's really in prison for. The rape stuff, as sad as it is in our society, they're kind of eh, yeah. Good looking NFL guy because he wrote he racked up most of those charges as a player. Playing on the Super Bowl championship, New Orleans Saints. So now you can go back and forth on how willing wow. she was to be involved. You know, when he was in, in Minnesota doing good numbers. So uh, they got him on the on the multiple state drug stuff, which means they may stick to those, but the rape stuff may fall halftime. So, I, you, when, when we, so talk, we talk about nine, ten yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, we talking about this. I wonder what white boys he was hanging out with that got him on that shit. Because ain't no black guy going to wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to drug some um, some women. Hey, maybe he was on that. No, no, no. No, man. I'm telling you, just like, just like Bill Cosby got that shit from, you know, some of those white dudes, rich, famous and that was a culture probably back then. That was a culture back okay, then. Okay, well, I, I do want to say what you're talking about the 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 uh, the getting high the elites, back in the you know? 70s and 60s. That was that was because Hugh Hefner is not getting charged with anything. No, but that Woody was, Allen ain't getting charged with anything. Keep talking about saying something. I'm just saying we, something. We didn't even have a dis- There was not na- nationally nor globally Man, a discussion of prosecution of Woody Allen. Nothing. Nothing. He, and then and then also I forget the dude's name. Maybe we can get his name a little bit later, but the 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 father from Seventh Heaven who had him admitting yeah, he, on a phone that he was molesting. Yeah, we're not even at allegations. It's we're confirmation. About, yes, and, and seven, ain't nobody talking about him. Ain't no one even touched that guy. Seventh Heaven still runs in whatever syndication Man. it was in before. Meanwhile, the Cosby Show was pulled off of every Everything. network. That it was on, and what people don't get about that too is they they look at Bill and say, well, he's the one that's you know being interested, you know, whatever that is about. But there's a whole lot of other cast members. Theo wasn't doing nothing. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. You know, um, 
you know, <laughs> Felicia Rashad ain't never had a blemish on her record. Yeah. Never. You know, ain't nobody, you know. Well, but they, but it's, that's the whole thing so about you white call, privilege. You, you call, you call, all their royalty Yeah, white checks. privilege matters. And I think it was, it was it Stephen Collins. Stephen Collins, right? That's the dude from Seven Oh, the, the dad, yeah. Yeah, the, the father. But at the same time, bro, you think about uh, this this rape thing and this, this culture of it, it seems to be there's a lot more white males being able to get off with lighter sentences or, or get no off sentence. with no sentences. All them college dudes that dude, keep walking with nothing. Remember the Stanford kid? Eight slap months. On slap on the wrist. And then you had the, uh, va- va- uh, the what is it? Where's that damn college at? Uh, it's it with a V, with a V, with a V. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, there yeah. you go. Thank you, bro. Vanderbilt college dudes that got 18. And we're not saying that they shouldn't have got what they got. It's about but, the other ones should have got yes, what, what but they But at the same time, I say personally, Darren Sharp should never see the light of day. Yeah. But at the same time, these white boys should be getting a whole bunch of penalties too, right? And then if you also think about it, when we're talking about say something, then you have the whole Nat Turner thing. Oh boy. Okay, so uh, if you're not familiar with that, Nate Parker. There you go. Nate Parker. So uh, the the story is out now where he was uh, accused of rape, however many years ago it was. Yes, sir. Uh, What were we talking like 15 years ago, something like that? Something crazy. And so now he's he's set it to I guess not only uh, what produce, direct, star, all that stuff, something like that on the Nat Turner movie. And uh, if you're not familiar with Nat Turner, uh, he led one of the, not necessarily the biggest, one of the most violent slave revolts Man, in, 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 them uh, white people. in in United <laughs> States history. And so he, he's telling that story. And so now because everybody was, for years they kept saying this movie will never be made. And then when it finally got greenlit, everybody's like, wow, they're actually going to tell this story. And now the, 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 through the conspiracy theory rumor mill is, is that, Everything is greenlit to be made. This movie's ready to go out there. Here comes and, the rape allegation. And now here comes a rape allegation from a decade and a half ago, <laughs> which was, and I guess the issue was that the girl accused him of rape. Nothing came out of that. He was and found, then she killed and herself then she killed in herself. And so now they're bringing that up because now there's, with attaching that to him, yeah. there's a lot of studios and, and, and pocketbooks that are starting to distance themselves. And they're talking about you know, uh, walking away from, and, and that movie may not come out now. Well, the thing about it is, um, he was charged in 1999, and he has been in several movies before this. But again, I, you, we're not taking away from what these crimes and these charges or these yeah. allegations from these men that we're talking about. Yeah. But when we're talking about this Nat Turner movie, how ironic that all of a sudden, with the momentum of a lot of what they consider black rebellion and black revolution on a level in America, this movie got the green light and it was seemed to be like a great movie to uplift. Now you're seeing so many people in the black community lifting. Now you go ahead and you sweep out this whole allegation, this charge, whatever, yeah. and it comes out now in prime time. Because the movie was greenlit. Pre-police officer shooting. There you go. Pre-major protests and highways being yes, shut sir. down. Pre- Well, I mean, sure. But what I think you would... I think... No. Highways was being shut down, but you just said it. Pre-police officer shootings. Yeah. Well, I think what it is is that there were 
police officer involved shootings of they unarmed, unarmed, but of I'm unarmed talking about police getting shot. Yeah, but I'm saying a lot of those were still sporadic yes. to the public eye. Yes. The dots didn't start connecting more frequently until after the movie was agreed. Whether it went to Sundance or Cannes or yeah. something like that, where well, then Shoot, they got Fox on board. It up. And so what happened when it, after it aired there, and they yeah. were like on board with it, then a lot of stuff in the nation started to shift. So I, it may have gotten to the point to where people was like, mm, I don't know. I, this, I, this, I, this I, is the time I, for I this. I think it's really when they saw the fact of black people were being a little bit more rebellious in yeah. a sense. So when you got a movie like this, which promotes the promotes rebellion, promotes rebellion, and we are showing rebellion, this sparks up what more rebellion exactly every time you came out of watching a kung fu movie as a kid the first thing you want to do is practice your bruce oh, lee moves sure. so sure. imagine if you got some people who were really got a full tank of energy oh yeah and, and you show them a big huge bloody rebellion oh, and t- going against Especially the man and in insurmountable America, right? odds yeah you might not want to be in the parking lot of that movie theaters i think well some people might be crossing their minds but at the same time when you also think about it when we watched that menace to society and everyone thought he was kane or old dog yeah we thought we was gangsters. It didn't matter if you was living in uh, Marin County. You thought you was from South Central, right? Yeah. But here's the bottom line. That sparked, this sparked up a culture. So you're looking at this movie coming out. What is going to spark up? It's going to continue to ignite what is already being fired up. And I believe this was a strategic part of what white supremacy does. I hope that when people listen, it is not saying that this guy, whatever he did in the past, is not uh, 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 fully responsible for whatever he's done. But let's be honest and let's be very clear that if we don't say something about the timing, we're being blinded and kind of, uh, I think we're giving our, our listeners a indirect view of what's really happening because yeah. this shit is just all connected. Yeah. It's just not a coincidence that all of a sudden this whole shit got put out there, you know? They, I, I'm hearing that they're they're canceling screenings and all type of different shit. Yeah, it's because crazy. well, once you start getting certain things, there's certain groups that uh, once they get a bad taste in their oh, mouth man. about you, you saw what happened to real yeah. lives. Yeah. Okay. So perfect example. Talking about <laughs> we're saying something about domestic violence. So. Ray Rice was by far not the first professional <laughs> athlete to put hands on his woman. Not at all. And in that particular situation, it was his girlfriend who then married him after the incident and stood by his side and is still with him. Yes, sir. But the fact is that the campaign that became Ray oh, Rice man. became the poster child poster for child. domestic violence. Yes, sir. And he that's why it's not his football ability that's keeping him out the league. No team wants the protests. No. They don't want the boycotts. None. They don't want their viewership down None. on this one dude. None. So Ray Rice is is hopefully he saves some of his money. Really? And, and in three years, when he's no longer physically eligible to play, he's gonna find out if his girl really loves him. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, right man. now he might be able to get a season somewhere. Or, or he's not. Or, he's or, done. No, no. I mean physically. Like right now, he may still he be. To, the, he might as well go to the Canadian League. Which is why I say she may still be holding on because he still may have one last payday in him. Let me tell you something, bro. That sounds good, but the way this NFL works and the way they have their war courses coming from college, that dude's career is shut yeah, down. I'm sure they, over. Oh, I'm sure he's campaigning at the house, baby. I, I can get one more. He, I believe yeah, he was. I take that back. He was interviewed. You got to think, think about it. He was, All the people that they blackballed that still has skill, Chad Johnson. Terrell Owens. Once the NFL is gone and done with your ass, they're gone and done with your ass. Period. 
T.O., a little bit different than, than Chad Johnson. How do you figure that? A little that dude bit could different. still put up numbers. He could, but he had a couple of opportunities. So Yeah, he did have a couple of opportunities. And regardless of how those opportunities went, he still could have been productive. Yeah, there, there just are. Just like these other guys. There are guys in the league. And he didn't have no uh, domestic violence piece on no, him. No, no, no. No, here's my thing about, about T.O. I actually met the guy, a cool dude. And in my experience, I somebody else, whatever. But. His Seattle experience was it for him, because a lot of people don't remember he played. He went to the Seahawks, and so that was his last run. A lot of drop passes, had a bad you know run out there because they took a chance on him up yeah, there. They did. Uh, his problem came while he was still playing. He kept getting demonized for behaviors that were acceptable to other people. Like they kept saying that oh he was a cancer in the locker room. Yeah. But the fact is, if you ask most of the people who he played with. They loved having him there. You know, oh, he splits up the team. No, he was boisterous. He, he voiced his opinion. He wasn't a company man. But most of the distractions, quote-unquote distractions that happened, usually involved another player who just didn't like his alpha male presence. Okay. You know, his issues in San Francisco with the quarterbacks, you know. How the fuck did we get down to going out and breaking down Terrell Owens whole because <laughs> I'm just saying like because the, the important you know, part I, is I, I get that I get that well, no, but I'm saying yeah, but, but I know the, we don't got to break down the whole goddamn no, Terrell no, Owens no, no, not his whole career. career not his whole career I mean, but, but, but this part be. here is that it, he played on a team with a guy that was liked more by the office yeah we, yeah, we and get be that it, well I'm saying but we get that man we, but we, we got let's, 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 let's go on to the bottom line these motherfuckers have been blackballed yeah. period and we and whatever reason it, it is when you look at, at the violence that Ray Rice committed compared to what Tom Brady has done, you know what I'm saying? Tom Brady has basically cheated, right? Yeah. And it's probably cheated more than once because this ain't the first time, right? Yeah. He will be um, showered with flowers and love when he comes back. Ray Rice will always have to be remembered as the face of domestic violence. And in the same sense, when we go and talking about Darren Sharper and this rape, he now is going to serve 18 years. Now, when you look at uh, Turner and his situation, right, you have to, excuse me, Nate Parker and the Nat Turner situation for the movie, you now may not even have this movie come out on big screen. Over, it might be straight a red box. And, 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 and to clarify too, Nate Parker beat his rap. So it, it, he's not. But a, they don't care about. Well, no, I'm just just so. Yeah, well, yeah but, just, but but see, that's the thing about it. That's one thing about it. And it's the unfair thing, and the one reasons why we're saying something about this because you have white boys that have done what they've done, and they're walking, not even seeing much time, and then they're going to now utilize the Darren Sharper, who is a piece of shit. I yeah. I get that, but then. Uh, 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 Parker, who all of a sudden, once upon a time, just a few months ago, was being heralded as the new Blacks Renaissance superstar, and this movie was gonna just like turn the game around. It was gonna show a different depiction of slavery, and now you have him being the a uh, center of attention for race. Exactly. The only reason why I was stressing the fact that he beat it is to separate him from like Rice. Rice did it. So as opposed to. Uh, Parker, who was accused of, yeah. it. so that that's just for people who are like, yeah. oh well, he didn't, you know, it's not like he served time and it was yeah. good. He he beat his rap. Just clarifying that, and to make an example, like say of the Tom Brady, what the the difference that we help 
players are treated. Shit, men why are treated. matches? That's why. The fact is that, okay, <laughs> the reason why I was even addressing T.O. specifically, he has multiple baby moms. Yeah, well, yeah we, we uh, that. No, but this is why this is important. So his he's seen as a deadbeat dad. He's seen as a, a, a loser guy because he got all these different women pregnant and he wasn't there. But a lot of people glossed over. People forgot. When Tom Brady was young in the league, he was with that actress, uh, Moira, whatever. He left her while she was pregnant to get with Giselle, the model chick that he's with now. He left that raw like eight months pregnant. Wasn't even there when his kid was born. Bro, can I tell you one thing? Yeah. White privilege matters. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you yeah. know, that, that's why Woody Allen hasn't ever been charged for all his uh, just nasty behavior. That's why Hugh Hefner gets celebrated. And yes, we will sit there and look at R. Kelly a little bit different, but in our culture, I don't feel like that should even run. I don't care what Hugh Hefner does. I care what our people do. Okay, so let's take that, R. Kelly. He dropped three projects that were eh. Garbage. But after the allegations... He dropped a three times platinum, a five time yeah. platinum, a two time platinum, forgot another him, platinum. He he had at least four projects that dropped and went pl- either just solo platinum or multi platinum, yeah. and two after that they went gold. Yeah. So now, if by how we respond to our own, if he can figure out a way to get in the studio and drop the hottest album of 2017, do we care about anything? Hell, else? fuck yeah! You know why it's different? I think now is because before then it wasn't social media. It wasn't this plight of Twitter, Instagram, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying, whatever else is out there that could have, uh, Facebook, that could have sat there and tagged him and made those memes about him and, and really put those videos out there and really destroy his career. It was kind of sit back, make those hits, because back then it's like platinum and, and gold, those still things still meant something and it wasn't that much streaming so it was a big deal now 2017 R. Kelly doesn't have a chance in hell it doesn't matter even if he drops the hottest project it fucking doesn't matter this dude is looking like a 17 year old it doesn't matter he's a fucking clown I only ask because R. Kelly became the staple of jokes like whenever you saw an older dude with a young girl you were getting your R. Kelly on but not with the the anger, the fervor. There wasn't the 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 passion of yeah. like this dude is a criminal. But I think it's different now because also as well we're beginning to learn a lot more about this drugging culture, yeah. right? That that has been around for a while, but it's like kind of like open. And the sad part about it, like I say, I know Darren and Bill was not learning this from a whole bunch of other black dudes. You know, this is this is a white boy thing, man. Real talk, this is a white boy thing. I've been around enough white boys to know what they talk about and how they say it and how they break shit down. You know, it's not trying to be a prejudice, but, you know, hey, we all have our biases, right? But at the end of the day, I feel like when you come and you really talk about this in a black community, we don't want to believe it. And that's why we have a lot of black women running around here scarred because so much shit has happened to them in moments like that and nobody listened. Okay, so perfect, perfect, perfect setup. So now when it comes to the stuff that we don't address, when it comes to the stuff that we don't talk about, because that is real. There's a lot of of sisters out there who've suffered in silence. Yes, sir. Who uncle so-and-so, cousin so-and-so, big brother so-and-so, daddy, whomever. The whole shit. uh, Has stuff that happened to them and then are just kind of told to 
shrug it off and move on. Yes, sir. You know, so if we're gonna start to start saying something about these things, what about well, how we as a as a group, as a community, forget what everybody else, yeah. everybody says about us, how we don't hold each other accountable to enough. Yeah, and that's why that's why I'm happy that we brought up, you know, the Darren Sharper case because that shit is not even being talked about. Yeah. Not at all. You just know, came like, and went. it just kinda was like, Oh, eighteen years. Here we go. And I really believe that not only should he be talked about, but then when we turn around and looking at our counterparts, our white counterparts that are doing the same thing, yeah. if not worse, they're being given a, a light uh, sentence, uh, no time, or just kind of like another day in the neighborhood. So when we look at how this affects us as a black community, like we already have a bunch of mistrust already. Yeah. We damn don't need these little rapists running around in our families or in our community thinking that it's okay thinking that they can go ahead and do something because these young women become older women and these older women become scarred women yeah. and it ain't gonna be no good for nobody okay so exactly i agree with that completely so if we take like so say for the sake of argument we remove the how other cultures are taken care of whether they're convicted the same prosecutor we know the numbers are skewed we know the numbers don't do not add up for uh, the d number of convictions, the the years of sentencing, all that stuff, they don't line up. So if we just sat there, if we you took all the black people in America and just put it on an island, all in-house, what do you think keeps us from checking each other? Not comparing us to what other groups do, but you know uh, Uncle Clarence in the back room can't, can't be near the kids, <laughs> but he's still in the house. I think I think it's I think it's a line of embarrassment first kicks in the embarrassment part of like, yo, someone so did this and the feeling like I did something wrong. You know what I mean? When that person feels like, what did I do? Yeah. Um, a lot of the times when you're being belittled in your household, you know, like, oh, well, the reason why um, so-and-so did that is look how you dress and look at your, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not. We've never really been a community that ever really wanted to look at things um, realistically and really have the um, sort of compassion for um, the emotions and the nurturing that people need in moments like this. Or even in a sense of where you would have something wrong with you on a physical appearance and you just have your friends just bag on you. You know what I'm saying? And it's just yeah. like we're not a culture of nurturing people. So in that sense of when it happens, it's almost kind of like if I say something, I'm going to get blamed. And I think that the sick part about it, you don't really want that person to get in trouble. Even though that person hurt you, you really don't want that person to get in trouble. Yeah, okay. It's, I agree with you. And touching on something that you did mention, we are... Uh Culturally, we're, usually most people, black people are, are in America, are defined by being hard. Yeah, man. Strong black woman. Yeah, man. You know, you real man. Like, that whole... Just exactly, say, let me say, say, real niggas, right? All that stuff. Yeah. It is, that's what you're, that's, that's the, the bar. Yeah. Like, if you show any kinds of, of sensitivity, if you're in touch with your emotions, if you're, if you have a high emotional <laughs> intelligence, you're just aware and, yeah. and empathetic and all, you are soft. Yeah. You're a punk. You're a sucker. Yeah, you know, and we, we and then the, the exactly thing on if there's anything wrong with you. We pride ourselves on our ability, quote unquote, ability to belittle each other. Yes, sir. I, right. How well I could talk about your mama. Yeah. How much I could talk about your clothes. Yes, I, sir. Where, wherever you from, if it's, it was it's, capping, it's, signifying. It's almost, it's almost like a sense of survival, you know, and I think that it's unfortunate 
that it has to be like that, but it really plays a part of a don't say nothing culture. Keep quiet. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll hold this on my chest. But then unfortunately, it's like when you don't say something, then it, it continues to happen. It continues to happen. I heard a story like that was so crazy. It was like somebody was telling me that the um, the mother had two kids and her husband had two kids with her daughters. Okay. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And now the mother is, is you know what I'm saying? She's going on to the other side. She's having, you know, she's having sex with women. And then the two daughters, like they have children by the father. By daddy. Shit is crazy. Like, how does that happen? And the story was told to me was the girl said something, but the mother didn't want didn't. to do anything. And that's another thing. Women have become um, passive in a nature of believing what their child is doing because they don't want to lose that part that they feel that man loves me. He wouldn't do that. They don't want to come to grips that this shit could happen. And that shit is nasty, dog. I promise on everything. Somebody, and I told my daughter this several, several times. I have a 20-year-old daughter. Like anybody, I don't care what threat they say, anybody, you let me know, we're going to take care of that. For real, no, that's that's no, 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 no. That, that that's, that's that. honest. I'm not gonna sit there, and it's almost a situation to where we and, and and I get very very upset about it because I have a child, and I have, like I said, I have other kids that I watch over, right, yeah. and that I'm entrusted with, right. That I look at it and it's just almost a coward and a sucker move when you go ahead and you do that. I mean, you're violating somebody. I had one of my best friends at when we were in seventh and eighth grade that got violated by one of my, our partners. Yeah. You know, and I know how this stuff can happen. It's crazy. You mix alcohol, you mix drugs, you mix emotion, a high level of, of just a sexual appetite and just not understanding the components of what could happen if you force yourself on someone. Right. And it's almost in that sense that a person wants to have that power over that person because they are powerless themselves. OK, so what would you say is something? So I'm with you in the fact that we have these issues within our community yeah. and we have these people that we know like we know mm. uh, it don't have good mm. intentions for the rest that, of us and, that, and that's and that's the only that's always like a when all those rumors about kevin johnson the mayor of sacramento that's why it kind of turns me up a little bit like damn but you know how it is being condoned because people that know who he is yeah. and know how he moves they allow him to move the okay. way he moves i remember the uh, Back before, I don't know what he's on now. When he, whenever they put a camera in front of him, but while he was playing, I used to be a fan of Charles Barkley. Okay, the way he played, yeah, the, just this the 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 aggression, just the like, and so when he got to Phoenix, that's when I first started hearing about Kevin Johnson. Okay, now I didn't know, I didn't care, cause I'm a Laker fan at base, but I was a Charles Barkley fan, and so, uh, but when he got to Phoenix is when I started becoming familiar with Kevin. I started hearing them stories about. Kevin getting his kales on when he, when when he was a son. Wow. So I mean, so before all he ran for mayor out here and did yeah. all this stuff, I was like, mm. and when they had the high school allegations yeah. with the girl, I was yeah. like, I was like, I didn't been heard these stories yeah. about him. But my thing is, is how do we go from I didn't been heard about him when he was playing to he becomes mayor yeah. of the city because with the school that he is exactly. accusations in. Like I can see the girl in Phoenix, oh then he comes back God. to California oh. and that's a fresh start in his hometown. There was accusations at home. 
Like, we just look the other way on so much stuff. So many people, when they're in that kind of position, people are so guilty of wanting so much power or wanting to be in the mix of a power play. And really, at the end of the day, black people are so far gone. And the thing about it, the sad thing about it, these poverty pimps come in and they play off the emotions of black people. They play off the hope. That's why Obama could have came in and said, hope change these words are the essence of a chain reaction to black people so they all of a sudden they'll give you their last uh, uh, dime in their pocket their shirt on their back when you have a guy that is going to be the savior of the black community you ain't even suggesting that this guy could be Chester the molester Mr. KJ the pedophile you're not even suggesting that because okay. what you see is you see a savior and guess what if the white folks ain't said nothing that it's okay with me okay so we talk about the savior mentality and somebody to come in here and if we gonna say something well, say something brother well we gotta talk about the church Lord Jesus Christ Because if you look Lord at a, a commonality Christ. Between black folks nationwide Nationwide You can find the same formula <laughs> For for the church That you can find in the hood Man Like you can find Like you can say Well if you go to this low income area You're going to find a liquor store There's going to be drug dealers there's And there's going to be a church Yep And now When we start talking about Looking the other way The Creflo Dollars <sighs> The Bishop Eddie Long strokes. That's your boy. He didn't hear me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. AP, in the, AP over there in the corner. Yeah, yeah. That's our tech guy, man. You know. Making why, sure he gets all the information out, man. Why Creflo Dollar. Jesus. A notorious have seen, crit. Have you seen Eddie Long? Lately? I lost all that weight. Looked like a cancer patient. <laughs> no, looks like a AIDS patient, brother. I, I was, Say a AIDS patient, my brother. He said he went, Say something. He said he went vegan and, 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 and dropped all that <laughs> dropped all that weight. And I'm Hulk Hogan. I'm sad. I mean, but but I'm talking about for us as a, as a people, the, yeah. the church is right there at the forefront. Yeah. If we overlook that, that is the house of overlook. Because they're giving us God. I mean, seriously, give it to Jesus and they, it'll be all right. Give it to Jesus; it's going to be all right. So what we do is we spend a majority of our time investing our way into heaven. I put it up on a Facebook post. Like, I mean, you know. We would rather invest in going to heaven and then invest in communities and black owned businesses because we really believe that putting all of that information and all of that money and all of that blood, sweat and tears in a church is going to guarantee us to go to heaven, which is the biggest crock of bullshit I've ever heard in my life. No, we could pay the cover charge like, and, and, and get there. That's it. So um, I think that there are a few churches, you know. Locally, yeah, we 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not talking. But you know what you gotta be, you, you yeah. gotta say this because people get sensitive yeah. about um the church situation. Very much There's three so. things that people get sensitive about: race, uh, church, um, religion, and politics. Yeah. You know, these are like the three main things. You and then let's also add the military as well. And people get sensitive about that, the patriotic bullshit. But when we talk about these churches, man, I look around and I see down the street there are about five churches. And then down that same street, there is no businesses. And that same street, you see Johnny, uh, uh, Leandra, Dante, uh, Lacrell, Latrice walking around aimlessly with nothing to do. There's no sense of community. 
And then the church will go every Sunday, Wednesday for Bible studies, and they will ask for money. They will ask for money, they will get these ties, and then they will get these ties, and they will get a federal loan from banks. And then they will also get federal, uh, 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 what's it called? When, because they're 501c3s, right? They're going to get the, that nonprofit status, so they're not going to have to worry about taxes, right? Okay. But then you turn around and you see what in a community? What do you see in a black community? Nothing. Yeah. Okay, so why isn't it the point? motherfucking exempt, brother. <laughs> so why isn't there, why are we saying more about holding churches accountable to the communities in people, which they live in? Because, ap yeah. bro, after you say something against the church, it's like you saying something against Jesus and then you saying something about God and you're the devil. You can't really be, you can never really have a real uh, civilized conversation with a overzealous churchgoer. Because their all-time favorite go-to is Jesus going to fix it. Okay, so okay, so we get the overzealous <laughs> Jesus gonna one. Jesus going to fix it. I don't remember in my life. I Tom. said Jesus going to fix it. I never remember in my life hearing the conversations, even lightweight socially, about how come we don't have these churches buying these businesses on the block? Even if they're church-owned stores, grocery stores. Or church-owned whatever restaurants like all that money to the building fund you, you know the building fund that 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 when you was a little kid that, that they was putting money into 35 years later that building's in the same place what was the joke they ain't put it even put a doorknob on it <laughs> you know what cracks me up to is some of these churches they be so damn ran down and you know they're getting money from people and they still don't go in there doing the the needed fixings well, around. My question the church, is, how right? many broke pastors do you know? I don't know too many. And, and, I don't know too many. And and I'm gonna say this, I and, and I know many. for some of my family because I got a couple of uncles that are preachers. My grandfather was one. Mm -hmm. I, I I get it. Yeah. So I I I know the preacher lifestyle. Now, granted, I ain't up in there, but yeah. but I know the preacher lifestyle. Yeah. But that is something that I've seen nationally. I don't know a broke preacher. But here's one thing. You don't know a broke preacher, but at the same time, they keep on talking about our heaven is in heaven, right? So we're going to get our heaven when we go up there. Yeah. So they're the only ones having heaven right now. Yeah, we're the only group that's supposed to catch hell here to get heaven at some point, maybe. But they always looking fly and debonair during church time. Oh, that's, that's Sunday's best. <laughs> oh, I don't care where you are in America. If you are near a Baptist, the Methodist church, they got a go to church on ass. Easter Sunday and tell me you don't see the 2006 Steve Harvey collection all throughout the building. Yeah, man. Black people play religion like it's the end-all, be-all. And I do like the fact that there's a lot more people reserving their thoughts for bigger and better and understanding things a little bit more deeper than it was before instead of being shoved in our mouth like this is what it is shoved in our face like this is what it is right yeah. um you know when you think about it like when we used to wear like we all had those moments we used to wear the cross the cross right the cross that represents death right a cross that represents death but then when you see that unk it represents eternal life right yeah. so it, it's crazy how we were we were constantly putting that cross 
to represent this this Jesus thing or even when we put the Jesus pieces on right yeah. and then here is this thing this unk that we now wear and a lot of us are, are, are representing that says eternal life wouldn't you want to wear life instead of death yeah okay well I think yes and so <laughs> I well just to answer the question first and so I, what I've noticed is like for myself personally I'm more of a spiritual individual than a religious one. Very much spiritual. So, but one thing I have always said that I've always been consistent on is that I believe that when you're alignment, your your mind, body, and your spirit, however you get there is up to you. So I don't knock a person who prays to a cross, who prays to a star, a lucky penny, or a bottle cap. Okay. Whatever gets you there. I can't tell you that that lucky bottle cap ain't seen you through some cold nights. I can't tell you that it that it that praying to to that lucky can of of Pap's Blue Ribbon didn't give you the focus to push through and persevere whatever your struggle was. So I don't necessarily tell somebody that what you pray to is right or wrong. I think you'll figure that out with your life, with what your life looks like. But what I look at is is why don't we say more about these people who are staples in these communities? With absolutely no responsibility to anything that happens outside their four walls. Because we have a, a complex of figuring that our saviors cannot be touched. Our saviors who speak the word of God are the almighty. That's again, we fall in love with the character and we think we know the person because of what that person does on any given Sunday. You get it? The analogy? Yeah. Any given Sunday? See, I, I, I can do this analogy shit too. So I feel like when you have that person speaking the words of God, you are feeling that if you are speaking against that person, you're speaking against God. And again, that is something that I do not practice in. Idol worshiping. Don't idol worship no man nor no any woman. And that's what people do every Sunday. And that's why people don't get checked, dog. Come on, you know how many arguments you would have? How many arguments I've had with people when I say I don't do ties? I say I tie in the streets. My ties are with my kids. Yeah. I feel like if I'm giving kids $200, like here, here's $100, here's 50 for school, that ain't that ties? I mean, that's what I'm feeling. I mean, because I don't know, because if I go tie in a church, right? Yeah. When my lights are off, or if I need some extra money to pay my rent, it's a bad month, had a lot of things going on, guess what? I would not be able to get a nickel nor a dime or a cent of that money. They'll say the words that they always say, Jesus going to fix it. The Bank of Methodist Practice. Jesus going to fix it. Mount Zion Credit Union. Jesus going to fix it. Okay, well, I think that... Okay. I'm just saying, Jesus going to fix it, bro. I get it. So how much of this... Misinformation and miseducation oh, and misunderstanding. That, 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 that could be a whole other show. Bro. Well, I'm talking about like how when we don't say stuff because we believe that preachers or pastors or whomever are, are beyond reproach. Can't uh, bring that up to them. Because addressing them is addressing the Lord and they just ain't going to have that conversation. I don't have that problem at all. They. So I'm talking about why we're not addressing stuff. Why are we not saying something about some of these issues that go on? Like, you know, do you know, it, it, it's almost like. People don't want to say certain things to certain people or some certain bodies because they don't want their reality to be crashed into being a falsehood, right? Okay. It's almost like when we believed in Santa Claus. Like when you got the fucking news, there's no goddamn white 
big fat red suit dude with some reindeers coming down your chimney i mean think about it as children dog like we were really believing like somebody was going to come to the chimney putting out cookies and milk and all type of shit and guess what there's no santa claus <laughs> i mean okay. come on so because this is a very good we point don't wanna wake, we don't want to wake up out of fantasy land dog okay so i was lucky enough and i and i and i do preface that wait, by wait, saying so, you, so you you didn't believe in santa claus no and i'll tell you why when I was born as Your a kid, childhood must have been pretty bad. No, no, not really. I'll tell you what. When I was born, my parents were Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh God! So, but I explain explain the, the totality Jeez. of that. All right, yeah, please. So, growing up, there was no Easter Bunny, no Santa Claus, no uh, all the pagan based holidays or, or European based holidays yeah. that have a different root than what's actually celebrated truth, here. Truth. There was none of that. And so, typically, what was taught was more of a literal translation of the Bible, and you can take that for whatever it is as you want. Okay. But they didn't start us off with all that other stuff. So we were taught more on what stuff was. You learned where holidays came from. You learned the roots of things that were going on globally. Now there was some other stuff they want you to buy into, and there was some stuff I just personally wasn't on board with. But I got a good base because I didn't grow up. There are no crucifixes. There is no Easter Bunny. There is no all that sort of stuff. So I think that that's why I say I was lucky because that's not the, the lives that my parents grew up in. <laughs> you know, that, that was something that my mom found as an adult. And if my father wanted to be with her, he had to pretty much convert. <laughs> so that's it. So that's what, what we came up. Then as I got older, they all abandoned it. But I had a good base of learning and researching things and finding out where stuff really comes from. Yeah. And I think that's not practiced enough. Okay. We just go off the stuff that's said to us and we don't fact check. We don't go, like one of the funniest things that I saw was uh, it was a quote, a quote an analogy okay, that was talking about why, you know, lions are the king of the jungle. How many people have heard that the lion is the king of the jungle? Oh, yeah, that's we got promoted all the time. Yeah, but lions don't live in jungles. That's some crazy shit, right? <laughs> so when you think about information and narratives yeah. that you've thought your whole life, the lion, lion is the king, king of the, of the jungle, jungle, and lions don't even live in jungles. Jesus Christ. So when it comes to like, like this the lies we've been told, the and lies just we've been ran told, with and, and just, don't just, even question it. Not even. And that's the reason why people don't question the pastor because they automatically believe they've been ordained to tell the truth. And that's why I don't rock with churches like that. I don't, I mean, I have people of that are church goers. I got, I got people that I collaborate with, good friends that are pastors and reverends and things of that nature. And I have no problem with what they do, yeah. but I am going to believe what I believe. You're going to believe what you're going to believe. And I hope the, that we never have to argue or lose a friendship over some beliefs. Yeah. Because the only belief that I have eternally is in black empowerment. And that's what I fix on. That's my religion. That's what I focus on. Everything else doesn't matter. Okay. So what I'm saying is, so I think that we, we starting to cover a few things to get a good idea of what we what we doing here on well, Say shit, Something. We damn there, I mean... You threw us off trying to go talk about T.O. I mean, you must really had a good conversation with nah, him. That, <laughs> I, I think something with him. Okay, here's, here's the thing. No, 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 I get it. But I think well, something that stood out with me is, is like I said, like the deadbeat dad stuff, which is a fixed narrative about black men in America. That's a fucking fixed. That, that, that's like, just like, it's just as bad as black on black crime. It's, okay, so check a step further. So we talk about the the hustle of, of, of deadbeat death. You heard you knew the law that they passed in Texas? What they do? 
If you're behind on child support, you can't register your car. Get the fuck out of here, bro. September 1st. If you get if you get behind on on child support, it's going to go through the DMV. Like they've already got it in a lot of areas I, where I, you I, can't get a license. I can't even register my car right now. Yeah. Shit, I can imagine some child support. But they already got it where you can't get passports. They got areas where you can't get a driver's license. Well, now over in Texas, they're going to where you can't register your vehicle if you're behind on child support. If you get pulled over with bad tags, that's an automatic impound. Your your your, your stuff is gone. I mean, they're going to rack up thousands of fines, all this. Now, granted, you couldn't pay child support. So you're supposed to be able to pay $100 a day, $200 a day, what it is for your car and impound, as well as the ticket for no registration and probably no L's. Whew. Boy, you're talking about my life right now, man. So I'm saying, so, like, these are things that are just, you're putting financial burden on somebody because they couldn't pay something to begin with. Yes, sir. That's crazy. That to me is right up there with the mentality of suspending kids for skipping school. (laughs) Like you were compounding one problem with with the same problem problem and making it worse. You know, but I mean, addressing that's something to to look at. Like, why don't we say more? Now, we're speaking as men because scissors definitely give you an earful. Yeah. Why is men, don't we say more about these dudes that we know? I say, take care I, 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 I say shit like that every day. Man. I get that, but I'm talking say, about... Because, we again, man, we just don't want to own up. Like, the one thing that I will say, and, then you know, I talk about white supremacy, I talk about white folks, but I talk about black folks, too. I talk about everybody, you know, the same yeah. way. If you ain't shit, you ain't shit. That's just bottom line. And there's a lot of Negroes, silly Negroes, I may add, that ain't shit. Because how can you be a true king... How can you be a true man living in manhood if you're not handling fatherhood? You know, that's bottom line. I don't have any kind of respect. I don't deal with you. We can't be partners. We ain't friends. We're not chilling. Yeah. If you're not taking care of your seat. Your I didn't lost some real. friends. And they were like, oh, man, you just cool with his girl or you was nicer with his girl. Well, he was your friend first. I said, it ain't got nothing to do with, nah, with his situation with her. Right thing, yeah, man. I was like, I can't kick it with you. Like, I, I just can't. Like, I know that you got some babies starving on the other side of the town, but you want to go to the bar with me? Exactly. Like, like, I, I, <laughs> like what do we talk about? Yeah. Like, when I start talking about my child, because I talk about my child, because, you know, there's shit I got to talk about about yeah. my kid. What are you going to say? You going to tell me about my baby mama or she's tripping? Because my daughter's mom was tripping as well. Yeah. But my daughter's mom and I have built a great friendship, a business partnership as well. And, and we look out for each other and we build. And it was no funny stuff that got us to this point. Yeah. It was straight business. It was like, that kid is more important than us doing anything else but trying to co-parent. And trust me, she did everything she possibly could in the beginning to make me say, fuck her. Right? Yeah. But I had to understand what was more important. I laid with her. Here's the, the situation right now. I have to be a man about my business with my child. And I love every moment of being a father of my child. But the unfortunate thing is Negroes don't like accountability and Negroes don't take ownership. So when we look at our, our communities, I understand the elements of our destruction and our and our chaos has been a, a, a diligent factor of white supremacy but then accountability must kick in and ownership if we take ownership and owning up to some of the things that plague us a lot of things change because it's going to be real hard to own up to your responsibility in your community yeah. own up to your responsibility 
uh, uh, economically, socially, yeah. community, if you can't even own up to your children. Like, you can't even, because like I said, I, it, I've known some dudes who are like, oh man, let's go out to this, that first round's on me. How the hell is the first round on you when when your baby ain't got school clothes? Like, now, won't you go ahead and just keep that yeah. in your pocket? We gonna go drink tonight. You yeah. gonna go give that yeah. so your baby can when get your, some shoes. When your, when, your do- when your baby mama is Facebooking how you ain't shit. Exactly. That shit is crazy, man. I, I, that's the we've we've touched on some real interesting topics when you talk about say something that they don't say nothing to the rape culture and the pedophile culture yeah. in the black community, the poverty pimping of pastors, reverends, and churches, aka these religions yeah. uh, in the black community, and these deadbeat Negroes. But here's something we don't say as well. We don't talk about these silly ass women who sleep with these deadbeat ass Negroes. And why, if you know he ain't good for the first round of kids, you have the second round of kids. Or if you know he has three pair of kids, why are you thinking that you're going to be the change in him and have another pair because he left his baby mama, he said his baby mama crazy, and now you got two kids with him and he left you? Okay. Now, I have Say to something on that, bruh. Quote, shout out and quote, everybody really know, know me, shout out, quote, rest in peace to my late Uncle James. Okay. Because these are some of his words. Say something real. And why these dudes follow this line of behavior, why they act this way, why they shifty, shysty, irresponsible, unaccountable, is because good guys don't get good pussy with low mileage. (laughs) Take that in. Double down on that. Good dudes don't get good pussy with low mileage. They get, these women come around to these good dudes on their third baby daddy. Man. On <laughs> when their credit is messed up. Yeesh. When the situation is bleak and it's fourth and long. Yeesh. But these trifling dudes out here are running amok. Like homecoming and they the cubes. <laughs> and they just out here wrecking shop doing everything they can. Like they took first place in a step show competition and they just going to get wild out for the night. Look at AV over here. He a frat dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got offended with that frat shit. Uh, but that's the problem. So when I, whenever I hear about women who start talking about the, the, the men ain't shit struggle. Yeah. Uh, quit effing them. Yeah. Like, Because you, you ain't shit because you effing them. And, and here's the real thing. If women want good men, if they could forget what men are doing, yeah. if women sat there and said, we want good men, we want good, strong brothers, we want, that's all we want. Right. If they all said at midnight tonight, we've all agreed that none of us are sleeping with any man also until, unless, shit. well, I was saying this 10 years ago, <laughs> unless, unless a man is responsible, respectable, and has his shit together. Yeah. Do you understand, invest in wind power? Because the gust of wind of all these dudes getting up off the couch, putting down the PlayStation, the Xbox controllers, uh, leaving their side chick's house, getting out their mama's basement would shift the earth. We would probably lose a day and how fast it would revolve around the sun and dudes getting up and getting their ish together. But the fact is, is that vagina value is at an all time low. Wow. Okay. Vagina right now stock is as low as Kodak film. Wow. (laughs) Damn. Bargain basement behavior is getting you women. Wow. So women set the bar so low. So fucking low, yo. That men, I said it before, men rise to the level of what's necessary. Exactly. Getting and having a car, having a job, 
living with JoJo yeah. is not quality man. Well, let, let, let's take it a step further. If you have any job, doesn't matter where you work, a car, doesn't matter how nice it is, a place to live without roommates, doesn't matter, doesn't matter how, how, how nice your stuff is to put together, uh, has never been to jail and don't have any kids, you are the upper echelon of single men when it comes to sisters <laughs> oh, in America. Oh, man. Wow. That has nothing to do with how you look, your personality, your education, and how cool you are to be around, if you've got good intentions for her, none of that. That simple base criteria, the bar is so low. Yeah. Yeah. And women say that we ain't ish, but we don't set the bar. No, I've always told women like that, you know, you got pussy power. You know, at the end of the day, we dress, we smell, we talk, we, we walk, we move for the love of you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but and, they practice it. That. Poor vagina management. But yeah, what, what, they got pussy <laughs> power. They might have poor vagina management, but if they use their pussy power, right? Yeah. If they use that and utilize that to the degree as of what you said, they would have men stepping up to a highest degree. The the coldest lesson I learned was um, when a woman I used to date told me, "I am no longer in love with you." But I love you, and I didn't understand any of that thing because I thought the whole thing was you love. That's it's, that's it. It's it, right? And to understand when you have scorned a woman and burnt her out like a battery and, and beat her up, and not in a physical sense, but in a mental mean. sense, um, that there is really too not too much you can get back from her. You know mm. what I'm saying? You got to really allow her to heal, and you got to let her to heal without you. A majority of the women that try to have the healing circle happen with each other yeah. together, it doesn't usually work out right. It, there's cases as it does, yeah. but in that tug of war, it really doesn't work out right. So you have to understand, and if women, if you're listening to us, man, please understand the fabric of what men you are uh, attracting that are coming to your beehive is what you're putting out there in the earth, what you're putting out there in the land, what you're putting out there in the ocean. You are putting that fragrance for these kind of Negroes. Yeah. You can say, no, you don't have to always be with someone. Figure yourself out. Reflect on a few things that didn't work out the last time. But the struggle, and I saw one of my sisters, which was crazy, was walking with a dude that is like, that's your guy? Like, this is totally, like, educated, good job. And this guy was totally out of uh, 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 CB4. You understand what right. I'm saying? Straight out of gusto, right? And here, I looked at her and I'm like, wow, the struggle is real. Yeah. So you cannot sit there and call these Negroes silly Negroes, these men, and not look at the silly Negroes, the women that are allowing them to you know, yeah, because the realistically, because Gusto is prospering in these streets. Gusto is getting two, three educated, beautiful, uh, established sisters being Gusto. Damn, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that. There's no reason to change. While Johnny Gill is being gay. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's the, so they say. So they say. Well, not literally Johnny <laughs> Gill, y'all. Not literally know, Johnny Gill. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and just a sidebar, because I know we're starting to run a little little bit on, on this first episode. Just, just to take for, for ladies. This I, I just pose this scenario. Oh, don't, don't hurt him, brother. I, I pose this scenario to help you understand. We're going to say something to you just a little bit about this. Two, two, two young brothers, both 20 years old. Okay. You got Mike and you got James. Mike, dog, 
He just out there running through broads, disrespectful. He ain't got a kind word to say. He he walk around. His ringtone is "bitches ain't shit." Like that's just <laughs> that. Every time you call, that's what was you know. Ain't no fun starts playing when you when you call to sell. That's Mike. His roommate is James. James is the dude that y'all want when you turn forty. He's respectable. He's nice. He's a, he's about his focus. He's about his community. He's a nice guy. Mike is running through hoes every which way to Sunday. James can't figure out to catch a female break. He gets fast tracked to the friend zone. Tix is just like he's he's like a little brother, you know. He's just he just he ain't prospering. Now all of a sudden, you start fast forwarding a year of that behavior. James is watching Mike dog women out every which way to Sunday, but he got a new broad every new Sunday. James is trying to be the nice guy to hold out for the one, to be respectable and get that good girl that everybody tells him he's supposed to get. But he getting hard up and getting shifted and jilted by chicks for dudes like Mike. How long do you think it's going to be before James starts acting like Mike? And as soon as James starts acting like Mike and starts getting some, what can you tell James to make him go back to the way he was or stay the way that he is? James wasn't winning being a good dude. James wasn't winning being responsible. Now, now you can do all that. He should wait and maybe give it to Jesus or he should do whatever. Jesus fix it. But Mike was in his ear telling him, I told you not to love these hoes. Come get with this program. And now James getting all he can stand. If you want these dudes to be better dudes, you got to start giving some to James at a younger age. Don't wait till you got three kids with three baby daddies and a low credit score to start hollering at James. Uh. Don't wait till your 20-year high school reunion when you see him that his paper is right, he's looking good, to then try to say you always had a crush on him. Don't sit there and wait till your situation is bleak as all hell and then appreciate that good dude. I'm just saying this don't apply to all of you, but it do to a few. So... Quit giving these mics of the world all that they can stand and leaving these Jameses out there in the cold. Because in the end, Mike will still settle down with somebody. Because there's going to be some woman that want to change him or he's going to hoe it out of his system. Mike's going to be all right. And James is going to be like Mike. And you're going to be alone. So get that, send it to your friends. By tell a friend, telegram, carrier pigeon, whatever y'all need to do. Have that meeting, that consensus. Say it around the campfire one time or two. Don't shine off all these good dudes young thinking that you want them on the back end. Your end game should be a little tighter than that. That's all. I'm just talking a little I'm bit. just saying. I'm, I'm just, just saying a little bit. Preach. I'm just saying. Your, your and, end and, game. And, and stop teasing brothers on social media. Stop. The thirst traps. Listen, I just got done watching some young girl do some African dancing boy <laughs> okay uh, hey boy hey, but you will never catch me being the thirsty negro in the inbox never it ain't going down in the DM nah I can't because uh, <laughs> I already know the trap man the thirst trap bro. It's all all right. so this is a good little conversation we said a whole lot about a whole lot of things say something first episode of the say something podcast once again I'm Jermaine Morris I'm over here with Barry Axius from yeah. BlackBlueprints.com. Speaking of which, yes, sir. if you're in the Sacramento area, definitely something to know that the BlackBlueprints.com is putting on the Black Financial Empowerment, the Black Dollar Matters. Black it's, Dollar Matters. It's going on 
with the People Scholar. Yeah. Dr. Boyce Watkins That's will be here be in Sacramento on Live. Sunday, September just, 11th. I think it's his first time out here in Sacramento. Yeah. Live, Sac- Sunday, September 11th, 3 to 7 p.m. at the Simmons Center. That's at 25 Massey Court, Sacramento, 95823. You want to get your tickets, you want to get your info about it, you can go to blackblueprints.com. That's blueprints with a Z. With blackblueprints.com. Dr. Boyce Watkins will be in Sacramento. Uh, speaking about giving a lecture, Q&A, talking about Black Economics 101. He's going to say something real and say something powerful. So make sure you come out and check that out, as well as hit the blackblueprints.com up and, uh, and uh, holler at Barry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely holler at me. Get your tickets, man, because it's going to a good cause. Uh, all proceeds go to the voice of the youth and the empowerment of our young people in Black Economics, which is truly uh, the the freedom and liberation that we need. But you know one thing, bro, before we, I know we, we, we running short of time. I really have to say that in the moments of doing this whole project with uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins, getting him out here and uh, a colleague of mine, shouts out to the, the, the girl, the homegirl free out there in Oakland, who's bringing him out there to Laney college on September 10th, you know, so it's going to be kind of like our financial black empowerment tour, Oakland to San, um, to Sacramento, excuse me. Um, I'm really, we talk about say something and we talk about all these different things of how we pay and we pay into the church to, to invest our way, to open the doors and gates to, to heaven, right? I'm Some of these folks have really pissed me off about how they've told me how I should handle the business about bringing Dr. Boyce Watkins here. Like they've told me that I should do a seminar for free. Okay. Like the whole thing should just be pro bono. Like, yo, let's all come in. Youth are free, 12 yeah. to 18. But if you don't have 35, 40 bucks to invest in someone that is investing his life into creating an economic plan for your freedom, an economic plan so you can kind of get out of the white man's seat and create your own of how we as a community need to shape, build, and invest our money, like you are part of the bigger problem. Because every day we spend some careless amount of dollars with our people for bullshit and give back to people that don't care about us. You get what I'm talking about? You're going to Johnny to get that sack. You're going to some white club, Asian club that don't give two shits about you to go spend $20 and then get $10 on drink. And then if your your ass is smart to get an Uber because you don't want to get a DUI. So you're spending a $50 night and you're getting nothing but a hangover, right? And you might get a whole bunch of numbers that must come to nothing. And you might get some other shit as well that you have to go to the doctors to go get taken care of, right? How in the hell... Do you question the incentive or the intentions of us bringing something or someone like Dr. Boyce Watkins to help us create a financial game plan to get us out of this oppression? Like it kills me how black people will not say anything about what the church is going to do. And I say nothing about the the, 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 the heinous acts of violence or um, the rape culture in our community. Not say nothing about these characters that walk around here unchecked, doing whatever they want to do, but you're going to say something when someone's doing something positive because they put a dollar amount. This no, shit don't make no goddamn sense to me. No, what I would say is that anybody who heard that and you hear anybody who says that, then you want to address them accordingly and let them know what it are you talking about. Like his voice walkers ain't cheap. No. But like he got to fly out here. He needs a room out here. 
You know what I'm saying? But that's going into what we've talked about across the board about not taking ownership. Because if you if you don't take ownership of your family, of your children, if you don't take ownership of the, the status of your community, if you don't take ownership of your actions and behaviors, then you're not buying in. Nah, you're not and buying if you're in. buying in, that means it's going to cost. And so we got a bunch of people that need to understand that if you're truly saying you buy in, you truly say that you care about your community, you truly say you care about your people and your family, that's going to require a little bit of work. That's going to require more than just talking. And that may require a few of your dollars. So Dr. Boyce Watkins will be out here in Sacramento, September 11th, 2016. Make sure you get your pennies together between now and then. I know you can come up with $35, $40. Maybe that may be... A pack of cigarettes that you don't buy. You need to quit smoking anyway. That's one less trip to the club. That's one less large pizza that's one to stay less, home yeah, and cook. Yeah, exactly. That's one less McDonald's trip. That's, that's one less tricking. Getting, going, giving it to the dope fiend. That's, that's one less... Wasted some, driving. Yeah, you burn it on gas. Man. Invest Stop in it. yourself. Invest in your community. Invest in your future. Invest in your people. It's, it's going to be necessary. It's going to take work. And uh, it's not just about talking about it. You're going to have to be about it. Be about and start And start showing up there. That's a I good place be, to I get be, started. I should, be, I should be getting applauded that I was able to bring a financial guru to Sacramento. I should be lifted up. Like, yo, Barry Axius, thank you. I, like, I shouldn't hear any kind of craziness. I had this woman hit me up on Facebook talking about, like, shaking my head. If it's for black empowerment, it should be free. Really? I guarantee you that weave that you got in your hair ain't free. I guarantee you those shoes on your feet ain't free. Like what is free in America? And anything that is free from an Obama phone to government cheese is what ain't good. I'm just being honest. Like let's be like let's clear if we're going to say something, let's be accurate. Like let's understand there's a value in this. And if you are really my people, you would go ahead and invest because you don't ask the bank what they do with your money. We put money in banks and guess what? The bank charges us a monthly fee for having our money in their bank. Say something. I mean, come on. Let's be honest. We we sit here and we get frustrated about the plight of the black man and black women, the black children in America, but then we never want to invest to do something about it. About to get on my preaching shit right now, man. Uh, go ahead and go get the. What is that little thing? The uh uh the for the you know for the service you get the money. The uh, the, uh, the collection plate. Hey, yeah, get the collection plate out, man. I need it. All right, and on that, go to blackblueprints.com. Black blueprints with a Z, man. Blackblueprints with a Z dot com. Get your now, collection man. plate together. Barry Axis. Always ready to say something. I'm Jermaine Morris here with Barry Axis. This is the first episode of the Say Something Podcast, bringing you, like I said, real life without the sweeteners. Barry, always keeping it raw and unapologetic. If you like it, and I'm sure you do, subscribe to it, tell a friend about it, and we'll see you next week. Yes, sir.